Fall TV is coming at us full steam ahead. We can do nothing but run behind it. Yeah, this is just, <laughs> look, it's going to be a bunch of TV installments, everybody. Just get ready. Who just knows when they're going to be released? Get ready. Now, some of these some of these shows we've talked about before, but they're in a different season. They're moving on for the good and bad. And some of these are new. So keep a good ear to the ground with the critic because he's he's trying to help you. <laughs> yes, I'm trying. He's trying to tell you why. Watch mm-hmm. this. Let's start off with your, I mean, you. I feel like you have an Ike and Tina kind of relationship <laughs> with this show. Oh my goodness. It's up and anime, down. Eat the cake, eat the cake anime. Eat the cake, yeah. Ray Donovan. Yes, Ray Donovan on Showtime. It is in its last run, right? If I'm not mistaken, it's 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 closing in on us. No, is maybe. it I, not that I heard? And well, maybe I'm predicting something. I'm not sure, but it's in yeah. season five, and <laughs> it's on Showtime. And this is uh, yeah. this is this has been an up and downhill for you. It, you know, I love the character, and I love what Liev Schreiber does with the character. Um, what I don't like is a lot of the ancillary characters, in particular his family members, except for. Um, well, I'll say his immediate family, not his uh, brothers and father. <laughs> so let me separate it out. And right. what has happened is in this season, I'll just come out and say it. His wife has died of cancer. Oh, jeez. And this happened during the break between season four and now season five. So what we're seeing is him in grief flashing back through what happened at different points. Like this is this is us. And excuse me, this is Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan works. He's a fixer. It mm-hmm. works when he's fixing things for people. Yeah, yeah. That is the show. And what you can do, and here's just a little tip to the writing staff. What you can do is show him grieving at work. That's compelling. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. does it affect his work? Is he present or not? It should be things like people saying, Ray, Ray, did you hear it? Ray. And you snap him back into work. Instead, we're getting him driving, you know, down to PCH, and he's she's <laughs> sitting next to him. We flash back, and and no offense, because I I like the actress. I don't. I never liked his wife. So uh, like well, now, yeah, the now I'm supposed stuff. to be in grief. I'm not in grief with the man. Like I, it's a horrible thing that happened to her. But sorry, I don't care. Okay, so like this, all of this pathos is not working. And, uh, you know, it's now, I think, episode 10 is tonight, Ref. I'm like three or four episodes in, and we'll see how far I get, because I've been, in, I've been in it with you, Ray Donovan, but I'm about to be out of it, me oh. and my brother. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Get it together. The Deuce on HBO. Now, this is mm. a new show. It is. And I've heard mm. mixed things about this, so do tell yes. us what you think. Well, you know, this comes to us from, uh, was co-created by David Simon, who brought us Homicide, uh, The Corner, uh, and of course, that show that everybody mm. loves, The Wire. Um, well, actually, people love it at the fact, because they didn't watch it when it was on the air, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, now, what I do like from David Simon, let me start this way. Okay. He did Generation Kill for HBO as a miniseries, wonderful. He also did show me he- a hero for HBO's miniseries. Wonderful. <laughs> Everything else, homicides okay. The why? I'm sorry, I'm from Baltimore, and 
Yeah, I'm you, glad. You, you're not very nice when it comes to people Well, look, this them. is what I do have to say that's nice about The Wire. They hired a lot of Baltimoreans. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Now, The Deuce. So, The Deuce has been compared to The Wire. Um, this is set in the 70s, and The Deuce is 42nd Street. Now, if you know New York City in the 70s, in 42nd Street, you know this is not the you know the Disney that we're seeing now right, on right. 42nd Street. This is uh, pimps and prostitutes and other kinds of Ew. unsavory people. Cops on the beat, okay? So this is where we are. This is the... I think you should work it in every episode. Yeah, it should be a drinking game or something. (laughs) That titular and uh, look. Look? Wait, let's, okay, listeners, this is, every single time you hear the critics say, look, milieu, titular, and I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) If you hear those four phrases or words, I want you to tweet us or, or let us know. And see, the writer in you says phrases or words. That warms my little black heart. <laughs> Being precise. Look at her. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So we're on the deuce. Uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal plays a prostitute who has aspirations for more. She has no pimp. And, you know, she has a, a high class uh, <laughs> uh, appearance amidst people who ain't so high class. So, you know, one pimp in particular really wants to snag her and he's played by Method Man. Okay. So, we see this as a bunch of other pimps and hoes. I mean, this is what this is. Now, what they're leading to is uh, really, I think, the dawn of the porn industry. Because Maggie Gyllenhaal's character, and this is the most compelling storyline, her character has aspirations to film pornos. Like, be a director. She wants to get off of the streets, get off her feet. Okay. All in a different right. way. Mm-hmm. Now, we... Look. We also have James Franco, who actually directs some of the episodes as well, playing twin brothers. Uh, one of them is a Barkeep, who is a smart guy. The other is just a cut-up. And he's involved with the mob, and he actually gets his own bar and so on with them. The question is, how is that relationship going to play out? So that storyline is also kind of interesting. And then we see the other pimps and hoes. Okay. Now, this is another show, just like The Wire, with a large cast, a lot of people. Um, it's a lot of different storylines going on, and all of them are not compelling. But I will say that this show gets better with time. So I'm still watching it. It's not a lot of episodes in the first season, which I think is very smart. Um, and uh, we'll see. It's already been renewed for the second season. I, I mean, Maggie Gyllenhaal always does a good job for me. Mm-hmm. James Franco is a big ball of whatever, but I think he's doing his job. <laughs> um, I, I, this cast, unlike The Wire to me to end it here, this cast, they don't seem like they're in a different show. Like, I, like they all seem like they fit, even when you bring in Method Man and uh, Black Thought as pimps. 
Yes, I heard about that. Better Things on FX is in its season two. You like the show. You, I do. You, I haven't started it, but mm-hmm. I can't hardly remember a, a thing that you, a negative thing you've had to say about it. So Yeah. And this is from Pamela Adlin. Um, it's based on her life and it's uh, co-created. She co-created it with Louis C.K. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's uh, an actress, a working actress. Um, she has three daughters who are all getting on her nerves. <laughs> and, you know, she's a single mom. Her, she's left her husband, who's a deadbeat, pretty much. Her mother, who's British, lives across the street, and that's a wonderful relationship. <laughs> and she has friends, and, you know, she dates different guys and all of that. We see her at work every now and then. Like, <laughs> like in one of the episodes of the second season, she's at work doing the voiceover work for a cartoon. And just watching the actors do the voices, it's hilarious. So you get some of the Hollywood, you know, the working Hollywood aspect. Mm-hmm. And you look, this is about a mom raising her daughters. That's what yeah. the show is about. It's about that relationship, which is contentious. We know this. One of them is definitely way into her teens, thinks she knows it all. Another is preteen, early teen, oh boy. And the other is about to be a teen in a few years. Uh-uh. So in this season, years. it's so, 100 years. <laughs> Shout out to Larry Fishburne. So. That was pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, take a look at that last uh, Matrix movie. You'll see how close that was. <laughs> oh, shucks. So what I'm really enjoying about the second season to end it here is it has developed. This woman has had it. Mm. And not like I'm screaming in rage. It's I'm walking out. I'm leaving. You do whatever you want to do. She leaves her dog, just leaves him in the house. Because <laughs> she can't take it anymore. Oh, She's shucks. dating a man who uh, may be familiar if you know E.T. Uh-oh. All grown up. And, uh, you know, so we see that because she doesn't really want to be in a relationship, but she kind of does. Like, does she like this guy? So it's very real to life in a way that's not just familiar, but also entertaining and deep. Very interesting. Thank you, Better Things. All right. Moving on to Vice Principals in its second season oh, on we'll HBO. we'll talk about going from depth to nonsense. <laughs> um, these are the, cre- this, it's one of the creators, one of the EPs from Veep. She's moved on to um, EP Vice Principals. And again, second season. So where are we? Well, this is it. So they always conceived of this show as um, 18 episodes, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the end of it. And this is the title, the titular characters. Uh, the vice principals are played by uh, Danny McBride and Walton Goggins. Mm, uh, and they want to be the principal. Now, they have successfully removed the new principal from the first season. Who uh, Actually, she's now on a, a new show, Kevin Probably Saves the World, playing um, some sort of angelic being. But anyway, she ain't <laughs> no angel in this show. So they've successfully gotten her out of the principal seat. She ain't happy about it. Uh-oh. And what happened at the end of the first season is uh, uh, Danny McBride's character was shot. Oh. <laughs> and he wants to know who did it. Now he thinks it's her. It's not her. She looks at him like, fool, you did what? <sighs> and who is the principal now? Walton Goggins. Oh. So Walton Goggins brings Danny McBride back and they want to figure out who did it. Now, what is Walton Goggins up to? Okay, now this show, everybody, is completely ridiculous, period. If you know Danny McBride's other work on HBO, it fits right in with that. 
It's a bunch of silliness. So eastbound and down, there you go. <laughs> um, I just watch it because I have no idea why. I think because it's only like half an hour per episode and I know it's going to end. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on to me, myself, and I on CBS. Oh, okay. This is a new show. And... Uh, mm-hmm. Not the I Beyonce rem- song. No, it, and it's also not uh, the De La Soul song either. Right. <laughs> me, myself, and I. <laughs> it's just me, myself. Self, and I. Okay, well. This is a- <laughs> I was like, are you going to talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm getting carried away. So uh, this is created by Dan Koppelman. It's on CBS. And what it's about, it's about the same character at three different points in his life. So one point is 1991, he's 14 years old. The other is right now, 2017, he's 40 years old. And the other is in 2042 when he's 65. <laughs> and uh, so we see that. Now, this is a guy, you know what? This is this is us. This is us has changed television already. Yeah. Because we have these different time frames and everything now. So what we're seeing, just like This Is Us, is how different points in time relate to other points in time. Um, so there you go. Here's what I'll say. I enjoy the cast. I enjoy the premise. I do like watching his 14-year-old self, because at that point, his mom has moved him from Chicago to LA. He's a huge Bulls fan, a huge Michael Jordan fan. Goes to LA, which is the bastion of the Lakers. And he has to deal with that. And his mom is married a new man who has a son that's the same age. So he goes to school with the son. The son is a huge Lakers fan. But they are friends, which is very smart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's not what you expect. The The son, the, the uh, L.A. son, let's say, tries to help him out at school, but it doesn't work. And he has his dream girl there. And he, she actually takes interest in him. She doesn't have interest in any uh, guys her age. But for some reason, she's interested in him. But of course, we know that doesn't work out. And this woman is someone he's loved his whole life. So what happens when he's 65? Mm. Now, when he is 40, he has his daughter. She's very young. And he's an inventor. So he's trying to get that thing going. He's working. It's not quite working. But we know in when he's 65, he becomes very successful as an inventor. Okay. And his, um, I just have to say this, his best friend at, at his 40s is played by Jaleel White. Can we just say Jaleel White? <laughs> Moving on to the good doctor. <laughs> so yeah, me, myself, and I know, but for real, this is a charming show. Is it All great? Right. No, but it's charming. The good doctor on ABC <laughs> is it's in its first season. It's new. And it stars a pretty familiar... I'm not paying attention to you. I'm moving on. You didn't even, I didn't even mention John Larroquette or any of the rest no, of the No, no, you don't get to. <laughs> <laughs> the Good Doctor, who um, is... Uh, uh, all I can say is Charlie and Chocolate Factory. No, yeah. no, no. Not Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Finding Neverland. Uh, find, well, no, Finding Neverland, but the... What, yeah. Was it called Charlie and... Yeah, Charlie yeah, and Chocolate was. Factory. Yeah, it was, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. The non... The Johnny Depp version, we'll say. No comment. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's it's about a doctor who has autism, so. Yeah. And a surgeon. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. We need to. Yeah, so that's the problem. Now, Freddie Highmore plays this good doctor who has autism. Um, he was taken in by Richard Schiff's character. Shifty. I love Richard Schiff. 
who is also in Ballers now and was, of course, in The Great the West Wing. I mean, hello. So we see as a kid, here we go again with these timelines. As a kid, he had a, a brother who took care of him. They ran away from their parents because the parents weren't treating them well. Something tragic happens to his brother. He's left alone. Richard Schiff comes in and really takes care of him. And from the beginning, when Richard Schiff uh, meets him, he's engrossed in a medical textbook. So we, we know what kind of autism this is. You know, very, very, very smart. Uh, but of course, not good at communicating at all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, and you know, now he's gonna be a medical resident. And Richard Schiff is the president of a hospital. So he wants to bring him in. Now, Hill Harper's character, he's the head of surgery. It's not having any of it. And Hill Harper's character wants to be president of this hospital. So he thinks this is a way to take down Richard Schiff. But they go through, oh, no, we can't have him. No, 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 no. Eventually, of course, he gets into the program. And we see how his immediate superior, um, who's played by uh, Nick Gonzalez, mm -hmm. he doesn't want him either. <laughs> oh, 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 so he no. gives him scut work and all kinds of things like that. But of course, he comes up with these brilliant ideas. Scut work. <laughs> yeah. So he comes up with these brilliant ideas, of course, um, that they have to adopt. So the question is, is he ever going to make a mistake that actually kills somebody? Or is he going to oh, keep... Yeah, I mean, this is what this is what they're teetering on. Or yeah. is he always going to be a step ahead figuring things out? So this comes to us um, from the the house. Yeah, creator. yeah, the creators of the house. Mm -hmm. Yeah, David Shore. Um, is it house? No. Is it Grey's Anatomy? No. No, no. But I will say this. Freddie Highmore's character is the show. And what they need to do is just focus on him, show us how he thinks, show us how he works through stuff. All the rest of these other ancillary characters do not matter. I'm sorry, unless they're dealing with him. I don't care. You are not Grey's Anatomy. You need to be more like House. Yeah. And that's all I have to say. So this is a mixed bag. I would say, check this out, everybody. If you just want to see how an autistic surgeon would work, that NBC has a new show called Law and Order True Crime, the Menendez yes. Brothers. Like, it's yeah. Law and Order True Crime, colon, the yeah. Menendez Brothers. Yes. And, and I don't know why, it just smells a little bit like FX's yeah. American True yeah. Crime Story series. I, I'm just putting it out there. Well. Um, but, I mean, it either works or it doesn't. Okay, by the by that we can just move on to the blacklist on Well, you know, no, let, let's just say <laughs> look. They have all the law and order stuff, like the the title card, all of that stuff. Criminal intent blah. Oh, no, no, yeah, I seriously. Yeah, yeah, the whole style is the same. Do, do, do. The problem is if you want to ape People versus OJ. People versus OJ and you were saying this ref is melodrama, it's soap operatic. It it's ridiculous. It's just great TV. Yeah, yeah. This is not that. It there is. Look, you have to. If you're gonna bring back the Menendez brothers, you have to do it for a reason. It's not like we're thinking about them. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I, it, it, there is a story here. It's the way it's told. It's a milk toast. Now Edie Falco's in it, and she's gonna try. Um, and it's not like they have a bad cast. 
Um, these are professionals. Josh Charles shows up, etc. But the writing is so boring, Huey. Okay, next. <laughs> That's it. I'm done with it. Okay. Oh, I'm uh, moving on to the blacklist <laughs> on NBC. Now, the blacklist. Um, yeah. I am seriously far behind and that's because it's the show was taking some turns and this and that mm. i'm a james spader kind of girl every yeah. scene should be about james spader yeah. and it wasn't at that point but now you're saying that they're back and it's not quite you know that yeah bad. you know i'm enjoying it because exactly what you said most of this show so far <laughs> has been focused on james spader because red raymond red reddington after the events of the previous season his whole network, everything has been destroyed. That is what has happened. And so we saw how that played out. Now the question is, can he rebuild? Mm. And we know that, I'm just going to say it, we know that Lizzie is his daughter. Yeah, what I, a shock. We knew that, like day one, actually. So now they're partners in crime, and she's like, oh, he's my father. Oh, maybe that's why I want to do this. Should I second guess myself? <laughs> um, <laughs> now, keep Lizzie... Attached to him at the hip, because that's when she works. Mm -hmm. I roll. Now, <laughs> James Spader is a genius when it comes to these characters. Just as we said, if you stick with him, it's fine. It's enjoyable. They got rid of that spinoff. You know, the husband comes back to Lizzie. <laughs> She's like, where have you been? It's hilarious. Where have you been? He's like, oh, I'm back. You know, we know what happened. Cancellation is where he came Stop it. It's just a James Spader show. How dare you try to do a spinoff? Anyway. I know. I know. How dare you? Come on. Yeah. So stop it. If they keep doing this, Ref, this is the show. This is it. Just stick with it. And I'll tell you, if you watched it early on, you left it like the Ref did, you'll have no problem coming back in this season if you're interested. Mm, no okay. problem. You don't need to watch all the nonsense that I did. Okay, well, CBS has a new show, new show called Seal Team. Yeah. This ain't your mama's jag. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> jag. <laughs> and it, I'm so glad you said your mama because the, it's the mothers out here. We love you watching that. <laughs> hey, you know what? Jag was on for many seasons. It was. Mothers. Yes, it um, was. It's, it's on CBS and it is <laughs> exactly what you think it is. It's about a seal. Mm -hmm. uh, elite squad. Yes. Um, and some familiar faces, actually. Very from, familiar. Wait, from Jag, I think. <laughs> Is he from? No, he's not. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, well, from Buffy, from Angel. David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Angel. Yeah, David Boreanaz. Uh, he's the lead. He's the head of a, a SEAL team. Um, they do special stuff. We got it. Um, they, there's also the uh, the CIA involved. Oh, Lord. On missions. And Jessica Paré, who was in Mad Men as the final wife, <laughs> plays that character. Yes. Okay. Neil Brown Jr., who's in um, Insecure. Yeah. Is yeah. in this. Love seeing him. Um, so, look, the cast is, just as the ref said, they've been here and done this. And that's what you get from the show. It's just professionally done. What has happened is, of course, there's a serial arc. There's a long story coming in about what happened to them and how they have to deal with it in the present. And mm -hmm. there's people have died and there's this book out there and all of this kind of stuff. But it's really a procedural. We see yeah. them conquer these different things. It's on CBS. That's what they love to do. And this is competent. Yeah. So if you want to see a 
military procedural that's done by people who don't have time to waste time. They just want to get to it. Mm-hmm. That's the show. I'm not hating on it at all. All right. Liar on Sundance. Now, Uh-oh. is this a mini? Wait, is this a show show? Because uh, I've not heard of it. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that they know. Oh, okay. I, I think what it is, I think it's an anthology. Well, no, it's just a miniseries. So, okay, you know, miniseries. Okay, yeah. Look, this is from the Brits, so who knows? They they determine things Right, on they their just, own. they'll quit yeah. it when it's <laughs> whatever yeah. they want. They're like, oh, kind of got a good response. Yeah, let's do another one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So this Me is too. on Sundance TV here. Mm-hmm. It's in six parts. And Joanne Froggart. From you Downton know, Abbey. Yes. Mr. Bates. Yeah. <laughs> is an ain't playing her. She ain't playing Mrs. Bates. No. All She's, of them are sort of getting naughty. They sure are. She is playing a woman um, who likes a man. And this man is played by uh, Johan Grufford. <laughs> uh, if you, what, the Fantastic Four, the original? He was in that. Oh. Um, so he's a surgeon. Um, he works with uh, Joanne's sister there, and the sister hooks them up. All right. Hmm, they go out on a date. They hit it off, all of that. Uh, we cut to the next morning. Oh. oh, oh, oh he's dear. getting up out of the bed, ready to go to work, and she's there, but somebody's not happy. Oh. She claims that she's been raped. Oh. Now, we don't see any of this. All we see is him being a perfect gentleman, following the clues perfectly. So she goes to the coppers. Mm. He gets called in. They investigate. Oh, boy. Uh He has a son, a teenage son, who is a student in her class. She teaches high school, what we would call high school. Dear. Now, here's the problem. Again, we haven't seen him. We have no evidence that he would have done this. And in the past, she's done something similar, falsely accused. Mm-mm. So the question is, is she telling the truth? Is he or is it something in between? It's only six parts. And I am just watching this going, I cannot believe this. <laughs> is this like the night of, but it's not? <laughs> exactly. It, yes. It, it is, you're watching it going, hold on, hold on. So if you like that kind of TV, everybody definitely watch this. This is done by people who know what they're doing. It will boil some blood. I will say that. Um, And there you go. I'm not saying anything else. ABC has a new Marvel show. Oh, my goodness. It's called Marvels in Humans. (sighs) And listen, Marvel is kicking them out all over the place. Like they're, they're doing shows left and right, but... This is the latest installment of one of their... It, now, is this a, based on a comic book? I'm, yeah. I'm assuming it is. It's it just is. not... I've seen bits and pieces. So. Yeah, yeah, it's a Marvel race of, of Inhumans. Um, and what's happened is, you know, we get the constant theme from Marvel where the mutants are a threat to humans. So humans devise ways to... Um, corral their powers, let's mm-hmm, say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in this case, these Inhumans are living on the moon. Uh, they've left Earth to live on the moon because they don't want to be caught, essentially. They have their own society on the moon. Okay. Um, and there is, uh, like, there's Medusa, who's the queen there. 
Um, her husband is played by Anton Mount as Black Bolt, who has legit powers. Now that character is legit. If you know Marvel's universe, you know that Black Bolt is no yeah. joke, mm -hmm. none. Don't have him say a word. That's all I gotta say. So something happens where uh, somebody uh, from their planet, well, not even their planet, their city or whatever territory, sends a signal by mistake to Earth that's picked up and they think that they are gonna be found out. So they wanna go to Earth to take care of this. So there's this whole kerfuffle about that because Black Bolt's brother, who's actually not inhuman but lives there with them, wants to actually be the king. So he orchestrates this whole thing to have that come about. Black Bolt ends up on Earth along with his uh, uh, fellow, uh, whatever you call them. And they're all there now on Earth. Uh, Medusa, they cut Medusa's hair off so she has no more power. I'm sorry, I have, I'm lost. I'm completely- I'm just telling you. Now this oh. started, look, they, they wanted to, uh, just to end it here. They wanted to put this into IMAX theaters to pre-screen it, no one was happy. No one was happy with the trailer. No one was happy with the pre-screen. No one was happy with the two hour season premiere. And I'm included, I couldn't even make it through the whole two hours. I think that we should just pretend like this never happened. Moving on, because we'll pretend like that review never happened. <laughs> Moving on, <laughs> finally, golly, to the end of this. Oh, wow. This is, I can't believe we're ending on this note. You know how I feel about shows like this. This well. is Fox's The Exorcist. <laughs> I just, I can't from week, you love The Strain, you love Hannibal. You I love the, the Strain, yeah. Okay. Oh, love. Hannibal is, Hannibal's a different animal. Well, it's just, I can't put myself through that every week of just being afraid to turn off the light. <laughs> so yes, here you are with The Exorcist. Yes. Take it away. And shout out to Hannibal. Now, The Exorcist. Oh, boy. Well, you you brought it up. Um, I did. <laughs> the Exorcist, they're calling it an, an anthology now, Ref. Oh, jeez. So what they've done, we're no longer in the Gina Davis storyline. Which I want to know what happened. Because she got possessed again at the end of her season. You know what? I can't. I can't. <laughs> now, so, so what happens here, everybody, there are different levels of possession. Oh, boy. There's a possession where you can be exercised. Mm -hmm. But then if they don't get to you long enough, the demon takes you over permanently. They no. cannot get the demon out. Nope. So in this second season, we still have the same two fathers, the same two priests. Uh, one of them has been excommunicated. <laughs> the other is about to be. And they are now on their own seeking people to exercise. And no. Mm -mm. Uh, <laughs> that's Ben Daniels, who's the father who's been uh, excommunicated. And Alfonso Herrera uh, is the one who's now learning the trade. But he has a knack for it. He has a talent, and he wants to do certain things that are not recommended. So the question is, will he be able to bring novelty to exorcism and not get possessed himself? So that's the line we're walking. In the opening of the second season, they are trying to exercise this woman whose husband doesn't believe in it and is a sheriff and wants to lock him up. Like, that's where we are. And ways away from where they are, they have no idea. There is a John Cho's house. John Cho, the actor, he is running a boarding house. Mm. And there's a reason why that's connected to his love interest, what happened to her. And he's taking these kids and he's caring for them. He's doing a great job. And one of the kids is blind. And that kid is in trouble. Okay, we know what kind of trouble. 
No, we don't. So, well, it's called The Exorcist. No. Mm -mm. Okay, so (laughs) we know what kind of trouble. And we can see the opening moments of that happening. So the question Mm -hmm. is, what are these two fathers going to do? Because we know that the priests are going to end up there. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how does blindness affect um, what it, being uh, possessed? I wonder. They mm. haven't really gone there. I wonder if they will. So, I mean, this is Friday night television, everybody. There you go. Listen, let me tell you something. I'll be doing my Friday night something else, not watching The Exorcist, no shade <laughs> to it. Listen, as you can hear from all of these things that we've talked about, uh, listen, fall TV is not going to stop. It just yeah. doesn't. TV doesn't stop. And if you want to take a look at any of these shows, you can obviously, we just want to plug in and say give a shout out to Hulu's, these various apps. You yeah. don't have to be left behind in this because the critic is doing work, but he's not going to do all the work for you. So if you just want to graze, keep with us. But if you want to get deep into it, get your own.